0: Coming up on Studez America, Dan Andros is here to talk about the imploding world of sports. I'll break down the big changes coming to Bitcoin, and we'll talk about what to expect in the final days before the Iowa caucuses. But first, tonight's episode is brought to you by the late Chris Christie presidential campaign.
1: About zimbic like today Chris seriously it's worth a shot
2: Stu does America
1: you can get
0: the pretty much official Chris Christie spot at youtube.com Stu does America we are going to be talking about of course the state of the race on the state of the race podcast as well that's available wherever you get your audio or having some technical issues with it so we're trying to sort them out for you We'll do that here in the coming days. You can catch us all on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash America. Be sure to subscribe, like the videos, and hit the bell for notifications. You can do all the things right there. We start tonight by doing Iowa the Last Stand, a few days away from the Iowa caucuses. And honestly, it's been a kind of a crazy Election cycle. We've talked about this a few times. It just everything about it is bizarre. There's so much to cover. Let's go through what's happened over the past 24 hours. Uh, in fact, the biggest thing may be this latest poll that's come out from Suffolk uh, University. Now, look, one poll is one poll. Most other polls are not showing this exactly. It's important to note. We'll go into some of the details on State of the Race probably tomorrow. But Haley surges past DeSantis, still way behind Trump in Iowa. The details of the poll, are good for Haley and just horrific for Ron DeSantis. Uh, Haley topped Ron DeSantis in the new poll. The way it turned out was Donald Trump at 54%, Nikki Haley at 20%, and Ron DeSantis at 13%. Now, I can give you the asterisks if you'd like quickly. Uh, it's a smaller polling, 500 people polled. Uh, margin of error, 4.4%. That puts these results, at least between Haley and uh, DeSantis, Within the very fringes of the margin of error, and of course, there's polling errors that occur. There's a million reasons why um, this could be wrong. It, it's not consistent with most of the other polling in the state. We talked to Steve Dace yesterday. He talked about how great the the, the um, organization is for. Uh, Ron DeSantis in Iowa, but this is not a positive result. I, I've, I've said this for a while. If Ron DeSantis comes in third in Iowa, I don't know what what there is for him going forward, except maybe just kind of the hang back and see what happens if you know they throw Donald Trump in a gulag. Other than that, I don't know what you have going forward if you're Ron DeSantis. Um, by the way, Vivek Ramaswamy um, came out at six percent. Chris Christie at two percent in that particular poll. Now, of course, the Chris Christie thing is over now. Uh, he is no longer a candidate for president of the United States, and he kind of had an off-the-mic, uh, off the, off the mic, sort of hot-mic moment. Now, I don't know. Part of me thinks they did this on purpose, honestly. He doesn't seem like he wants to endorse Nikki Haley. He was kind of expected to. This is, gives him an excuse, basically, to say, I can not endorse him now. I got caught on a hot-mic saying she had no chance. She was going to get smoked. Here's the uh, uh, hot-mic audio, where supposedly he didn't know the microphone was on, and he said this. And
2: let's you know, forget she spent million. yeah, I mean, oh. spent like well, when well, you give like land 10. to China
1: and places like that. It's, yeah, it's, it's that's gonna, what you get. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, she spent 68 million so far, just on TV, okay. spent 68 million so far, 59 million by DeSantis, and we spent 12. Yeah. I mean, who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment? You know? And she's going to get smoked, and you and I both know it. She's not up to this. She hasn't even. She's still twenty points behind Trump in New Hampshire, right? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And he's going to. He's still going to carry Iowa, right? Yes. Oh, he's. I. T- you know, I talked to DeS- DeSantis. Called me. Petrified that he's I would. He's probably getting out after Iowa. Well,
0: And that is it. It cuts off right there. So gets a knock in on Haley. Gets a knock in on DeSantis. And has an incredibly odd opinion about how this race was. Yes, the, the difference between you and Nikki Haley was the money. Uh, you and, and Ronda DeSantis, the money. Uh, who's punching above their weight? First of all, you can't punch above Christie's weight. That's impossible. We know that's just physically uh, not impossible. It's not possible for anyone to do that. But in addition to this uh, entire thing, you have to think about like, you know, Ronda Ron Santos has... Plus 38 um, favorability. Nikki Haley has a plus 19 favorability. Chris Christie has minus 35. There's no amount of money that makes people who hate your guts turn on you unless you're buying them off one by one, which I don't know. $12 million. Did he get anything for this money? It really is amazing how much money just gets wasted in these campaigns. Nikki Haley stands to gain from the Chris Christie exit, says NBC News. And I think that's true. I've gone through a bunch of these polls over the past 24 hours. It's about, I would say about 70% of the people who were going to vote for Chris Christie say their second choice is Nikki Haley. Now, not all of them, not everyone, you can't just say, okay, let's add 12 points to Nikki Haley's totals in in New Hampshire and, and, and figure it out. That's not the way this works. A lot of people will not vote. Some people will not show up at all. Some people will go vote for Joe Biden. Some people will, uh, you know, vote for some Asa Hutchinson. Who knows who they'll vote for? But the majority of those Chris Christie voters will likely in New Hampshire go over to uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, This gives her a shot in New Hampshire. The polling is close there. It's really the only state that has tightened we can go back a year and find some polls that were, it was close in Iowa. Uh, You know, it it was hanging around 20 points and you think, okay, well, at some point DeSantis or even Haley can make a run at this. What we've seen instead is basically nobody uh, making a run. It's been an expansion of the lead by Donald Trump if you're believing the polling. And I know some people don't love hearing about polls, but that's the information that we have. Now, I will say the, the strong organization with Ron DeSantis and the fact that it's gonna be like, temperatures in which like people it's like colder than Han Solo when he was frozen. Like it's it's going to be minus 13 degrees and the wind chill at minus 20. Now, I talk about this stuff for a living every day. I care a lot about the country, not minus 13 degrees caring, though. I mean, really, if the country dissolves and I get to stay inside in the, in the heat, I'm kind of OK with that at this point. Um, so I don't know. Will people turn out? Maybe not. If you're a Donald Trump supporter, you're sitting at home, you're thinking to yourself, I don't know, he's up by 30 points. Do I really have to go out in this weather? I don't know, maybe people from Iowa are a lot more tough than I am and they'll show up in droves. It's just hard to understand how this is gonna work. Uh, Haley and DeSantis are turning their fire on Trump in the final pre-Iowa debate. That's not really what I got out of that debate, honestly. That's the kind of of summary from the mainstream media. I got them fighting with each other and I don't know how productive that is. I understand why, I mean, as I said, if DeSantis finishes third in Iowa, he really has no argument to go on. So I can understand why he's going after Haley. If Haley finishes second in Iowa, she could argue momentum and hopefully turn that for her into a New Hampshire victory. So I get why they were going after each other but I don't know how productive it was. Uh, there's one controversy that came out of this. It, the question was, DeSantis was bringing up his his military service. And the question is, does Haley roll her eyes when he brings it up? Watch.
2: I'm the only one running for president that served uh, in the armed forces. I deployed uh, to Iraq back in 2007, 2008. Uh, so I understand what our what our military goes through.
0: I mean, maybe, maybe, I, I don't know. The, they, I will say they did not seem to like each other very much. It seemed like they couldn't stand each other on the stage. And they were very well drilled in their opposition, like picking out little policies from each other's you know, reign as governor. You know, it's as if they didn't know they were in second and third place. That's what it felt like. Um, let me give you uh, Nikki Haley on, and she said this many, many thousands of times. Here is Nikki Haley on the Ron DeSantis Lies.
3: Well, I think this is a time that we know that we need a new generational leader. We have watched our country be in disarray. We see the world on fire and we need someone who's had executive experience. I've been a two term governor that took a double digit unemployment state and turned it into an economic powerhouse. I was at the U.N. I dealt with Russia, China, Iran every day. Um, But you're going to find out tonight that there's going to be a lot of Ron's lies that have happened. There are at least a couple of dozen so far that he's done. So what we're going to do is rather than have him go and tell you all these lies, you can go to DeSantisLies.com and look at all of those. There's at least two dozen lies that he's told about me. And you can see where fact checkers say exactly what's going to happen and exactly why it's wrong. So it will cover the fact that he's only mad about the donors because the donors used to be with him, but they're no longer with him now. And that's because he's upset about the fact that his... His campaign is exploding. You're gonna see the fact that he has switched his um, policies multiple times and we'll call that out tonight. But every time he lies, Drake University don't turn this into a drinking game because you will be overserved by the end of the night.
0: Uh, <laughs> I it. Get it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the debates to be over. I'll be honest with you. Um, did you catch that? DeSantisLies.com. If you didn't catch it, she's going to tell you a hundred more times here in the next 15 minutes. Uh, Haley was plugging the DeSantis Lies website during the Iowa face-off. faceoff. Uh, here is uh, what the website looks like if you really want to go see the DeSantis Lies. By the way, I think she said it 16 times. It got to be a joke. I mean, like, there were reports that in the media room, as they were watching, they were laughing at her as she kept bringing it up over and over again. I guess that's better than them fantasizing about assassinating Donald Trump, which is what journalists have been doing lately. Um, Ron DeSantis, I I mean, look, I think there's an alternate world watching that debate last night, where you have two pretty well qualified Republican candidates, both had pretty good, uh, you know, or pretty good to great terms as governor. That have uh, different wings of the party sort of represented, and you know, if you take Donald Trump out of this race, it felt sort of normal. It was two normal politicians with pretty good records going at each other. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Do you you know Do you want this flavor of conservatism? Do you want that flavor of conservatism? Instead, it, it's two people that are down by twenty and thirty points, and it, I don't know. It's just a bizarre bizarre thing. You go back to um, I go back to Rocky IV occasionally, and I think to myself uh, the uh, commentary of the ringside announcer when Apollo Creed is fighting Ivan Drago, and he says, this is bizarre. Apollo's over the hill, and the Russian hasn't fought anybody. And it, that's what it felt like. It just felt like you were just in another world. Like, what is this event I'm watching? I, I don't even know. Here's Ron DeSantis talking about Nikki Haley, and you know, she, Nikki Haley brags a lot about her UN service, which, you know, she was a decent UN ambassador, but again, like the U.N. sucks, and DeSantis tried to capitalize on that.
2: She, she doesn't articulate how this comes to an end, except she was asked uh, after the last debate uh, by, I believe, Megan Kelly, and she said you bring it to an end by bringing Ukraine into NATO. But, of course, we're a NATO country, so if you bring Ukraine into NATO, that puts the United States at war. Megan said that to her, and then she basically gave a word salad uh, as to how you go from there. So they have sent cash. Uh, She supports this $106 billion that they're trying to get through Congress. Where's some of that money going? They've done tens of billions of dollars to pay salaries for Ukrainian government bureaucrats. They've paid pensions for Ukrainian retirees with your tax dollars. We've got homeless veterans. We have all these problems. This is the UN way of thinking that we're somehow globalists and we have unlimited resources to do. You know, I think here's the problem. You can take the ambassador out of the United Nations, but you can't take the United Nations out of the ambassador.
0: There you go. I mean, a pretty good line uh, there on uh, Haley. Uh, DeSantis uh, also talking uh, again. Sometimes it just goes sometimes they were just at odds and just fighting with each other, which I don't know if that's productive. Here's uh, DeSantis and Haley talking about uh, DeSantis talking about Haley
2: and, and how liberal she is. We need to deliver and get this stuff done. And I think the difference between uh, Nikki Haley and me, you know, I listened to all that litany of stuff. You know, I debated the governor of California, Gavin Newsom. Um, You know, I thought he lied a lot, Uh, man. Nikki Haley may gives him a run for his money and she may even be more liberal than Gavin Newsom is. (laughs) Look,
0: Nikki Haley might not be your flavor of Republican. She's not more liberal than Gavin Newsom. But again, this is political season. Uh, DeSantis, uh, Let's see. Uh, let, let me let me go on to Donald Trump here for a second. Um, we've had, you know, enough of the debate, I think, for a moment. Donald Trump did his town hall. He had this clip, which is interesting. There's a clip going kind of viral from Pat Gray unleashed on this one today uh, it is Donald Trump on DeSantis and Fauci.
3: Ben, and of course, Ron DeSantis would would definitely argue with your uh, characterization of how he handled
1: it. But if you go back and look at the records, you will see that the biggest fan of Dr. Fauci was Ron DeSanctimonious. He was a big fan. He said, I go by exactly quote, I go by what Dr. Fauci said. He said that two months in all the way through and then eventually changed when it wasn't, you know, that wasn't the dessert of the day. But Ron DeSanctis was a big <laughs> Dr. Fauci fan and nobody wants to cover that. I say it every time. I, I mean, come on.
0: It's not even... Look, I get it. It's political season. You got to say things that are going to benefit you. You have to. Um, But this is... I mean, Donald Trump is the guy... Donald Trump was standing side by side when you heard the phrase 15 days to slow the spread. Donald Trump kept him employed the entire time. He gave him a commendation on his way out the door. He ran ad after ad after ad featuring Donald Trump and Anthony Fauci together. Fauci praising Trump over and over and over again. I mean, I... I don't know. Do we not remember this? You know, there is a there's an ad, there's an ad. At one point Joe Biden came out and said, "Oh, this this wouldn't be going so bad." This is in like May of 2020. And he said, "Well, this wouldn't be going so terribly if Donald Trump would just listen to the experts." And then the Trump campaign released an ad that showed Anthony Fauci over and over and over again, saying that every time Fauci came into the office and asked for something, Donald Trump said yes. This is something that. Donald Trump produced and put out there for people to see, because again, at that time, that was beneficial. At that time, Anthony Fauci had an 80% approval rating in the country, and it was easy to say, uh, to to use him to help your cause. And that is one of the things that people forget about Anthony Fauci. Look, do I think Trump is the type of person who wants to put an Anthony Fauci in charge and, and lock down the country? I don't think that's consistent with what he believes, but you have to take yourself back to that moment Back in that moment, Anthony Fauci was defending Donald Trump publicly over and over and over and over again. People forget this. This it was a it was quite a coup for Trump at the time because this big expert, the guy everyone was supposed to listen to, was saying Donald Trump was doing a good job at that time that benefited Donald Trump. And so at that time they were producing ads to promote it. I mean, look, you can go back and pick apart everybody's record there, but it's, it just doesn't make any sense, really, uh, to, to, to make this argument against Ron DeSantis on Fauci. I mean, I understand Trump has to do it. Like, uh, you know, like it's not popular right now, but like it's had no impact, right? I mean, I, look, I think you go back and look at Trump's record through the COVID situation and you can have real questions about it. He hasn't really had to answer them, certainly in a debate format. But at the end of the day, like, you know, it, it hasn't mattered. Right? You know, I think you could argue quite seriously that the biggest news event of our lifetimes was the coronavirus shutdown and, and, and virus and pandemic and all the things surrounding it. And it's bizarre, but here we are just a few years later and it's had no impact on the campaign. It really hasn't. I mean, I think, you know, I remember going back and thinking of uh, when, when all this was going on, watching these governors try to work themselves through this and like, you know, look, there is all sorts of mistakes made. Some governors did a really good job, some not so much. Uh, But at that time, I remember thinking this is I mean, this is when you're talking about a leader of a country like this is the ultimate event, right? Like you're pushed into a very difficult situation. The only thing you have in that situation are your principles. You better react that appropriately with those principles and not support something like lockdowns. And, you know, again, like." You know, Trump says he doesn't he, he's not the guy that locked him down. Technically, that is true. I mean, technically, um, the president of the United States in our system cannot lock down a state like that uh, for this reason. He doesn't have that power. Now, at the time, Donald Trump claimed to have that power and claimed to be the only person who could make that decision. I mean, like people this, everyone's a politician. And we shouldn't be fooled that politicians that don't look like politicians or don't sound like politicians are not politicians. They say what they have to say to get through the moment, and then they move on to the new thing they have to say. That's kind of everybody. You know, I think it kind of sucks, but it's, it's the reality that we, we live in. I, I mean, I didn't even get halfway through the stack. I've got way too much to go. Um, let's, let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side, talk about something totally different, because honestly, at this point, politics is ruining my day. We'll be back with Dan Andros in just a moment. This past December, drug shortages hit a record high, and this is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, Uh, medical delays, treatment cancellations, the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. Even drugs as important as uh, amoxicillin are in short supply right now, along with 294 others. Doctors have been saying they've gotta make impossible choices. They've gotta choose which patients get the care that they need. I mean, that's nuts. This is America, right? This is why you need the Jace case. It's a personalized emergency kit. Contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common deadly bacterial infections. This is stuff that you kind of take for granted living in the United States? Like, I'm not going to die by some dumb bacterial illness? Well, I mean, it can still happen to you if you don't have the basic medications that you need. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Get yours. Today, JaceMedical.com. Go there. Use the code Stu at checkout for a discount on your order. The promo code is Stu at JaceMedical.com. Check it out now, JaceMedical.com. J-A-S-E medical.com. The promo code is Stu. Welcome to Dan Andros, Managing Editor of CBN News, host of CBN's Quick Start Podcast, which you can subscribe to now wherever you get your podcast. Dan, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, the uh, last twenty-four hours or so has been some of the craziest uh, times I can ever remember. Uh, you know, kind of going to the world of sports here for a second. Uh, you know, maybe the biggest thing happens in the last uh, twelve hours or so, which is Bill Belichick uh, stepping down. I mean, kind of expected, I suppose, but I, I feel like I don't remember football before Bill, Be- Bill Belichick was the coach of the New England Patriots.
1: Yeah, what was it like? Twenty? How long has it been? Twenty-four Did years. You see- 24 years. So that's 2000, right, ish with the Patriots. And it's like you think about what was going on in the world at that time. And we just had Bush versus Gore (laughs) or it was about to happen. Uh, You know, you've got that going on there. I remember actually making a joke at my brother's wedding uh, about uh, that's probably been almost 10 years now. And I was joking about uh, something that was taking a long time. And and I made it crack like, well, it's been since like Tony Eason's been uh, (laughs) quarterback of the Patriots, but like that's how long it's been. I mean, it's wild. He's been there forever and that just does not happen in the NFL. No, it really, really doesn't.
0: And, uh, you know, I guess he's going to go coach somewhere else and I'm sure he'll, uh, you know, have his choice of several jobs, but, uh, commanders maybe. Ah, that is one of the big rumors. The Falcons, another one that is seemingly big on the list. Um, uh, I thought this is interesting. He says, uh, in his, in his, as he's leaving, he says, of course, a great deal of thanks and appreciation to the players. Players win games in the NFL. I've been very, very fortunate to coach some of the greatest players, which, of course, is very true. And, you know, there's been this debate forever. You know, is it Brady? Is it Belichick? And uh, that Gabe brought all the success to the New England Patriots. This stat, I think, is interesting, right? He won 77% of the games that he coached that Tom Brady was playing in and forty five percent of the games that Tom Brady was not playing in. Um, yeah. I mean is he the greatest coach of all time, or you know is he just I, a beneficiary
1: of great players? I think he's you got I, I think he's the greatest coach of all time. I mean, just from the accomplishments, I've always th- like had this give and take sort of look at football on is it the coaches is it the players? It's both, right? It's mm-hmm. a mix if if I mean, I don't care how good of a coach you are if your players are a horrible and lose all their one-on- one matchups like what are you gonna do? Like, you can put them in the best position you want, and then they're just, if they're just terrible, they're going to be terrible. Like, well, there's not much you can do about that. So it's a give and take. Also, I think, Stu, uh, not to bring up a sore spot here with your Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> yeah. But I think we're seeing what happens with bad coaching. I mean, there's no, their roster right now, like, at least offensively, right? They've had some injuries on defense, but offensively, they should not be this inept. They just shouldn't be. I mean, they're loaded. And uh, it's like, why, why are they suddenly not good? And it's like, they have a new offensive coordinator who's calling their plays. I, I really think the NFL is like, it's a lot of times it's like tech mobile. If you call that right play, you know, it just, it like crushes everybody for all the you, you old video gamers. Remember that. Um, but yeah, so I think it's a mix, but I, but um, when one is bad, it really kills the other. It's, it's an amazing thing. You're right. And it it can, just, can just fall apart. We also uh, have
0: Nick Saban, of course, retiring from Alabama in the last day. Pete Carroll is out as Seahawks coach. Seems like he wanted to stay and they didn't want him to stay, which is, uh, you know, he's been there for 14 years. These are things that are sh- shaking up the entire environment. Um, before we move on from football, though, Dan, I, I do want to run by a moral question for you. Uh, right. Which is, as you know, I, I, I work here at the Blaze. I do a lot of the election analysis here, um, mm-hmm. covering all these big events. And Monday night is, of course, the Iowa caucuses. And I realized just yesterday that the Eagles are playing a playoff game on Monday night. Like, it's, it always was, the weekends. I always remember the playoffs. And then I realized, wait a minute, this is a Monday night game against the caucuses. Like, I, I, I probably should be working, but... I mean, I'd rather watch the last three hours of torture of this season than 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 cover another election. I I, what do I do in the situation?
1: Well, uh, are you scheduled to be on live coverage? You have to be on live coverage? No, there at I, the, it's I mean, I'm
0: just I, I normally would jump on YouTube. Maybe I'd do the show right, live. That right. day,
1: but I mean, honestly, no, I think, eh. I've got it for you. I've got it for you. Here's mm-hmm. what you do. Mm-hmm. okay, what What is the latest polling show for Trump in Iowa right now? I mean, he's up like 180 points something, or something, something in that vicinity. Yes. <laughs> just put up a little note on your screen that just says, look, if it gets within 30, I'll come on. <laughs> you know, like you uh, just <sighs> Trump. What I mean, Trump's going to win. I mean, what? spoiler alert. I mean, unless these polls are completely wrong or the GOP steals it from him. Uh, he's going to win.
0: I will say I think you're free at this point. I am more confident in Asa Hutchinson winning than the Philadelphia Eagles winning, but that's Uh, a a (laughs) totally, totally different uh, story. Uh, Let me go over to uh, golf for a second here. Yeah, I am. I'm not a huge golf fan, as you know, I I like I'll watch the big tournaments here and there, but I don't follow it day by day. I am completely lost what is going on, though, in the world of golf, largely because I thought there was a merger between the PGA and live golf. I remember talking about it. We talked about it on the show. And, like, then I keep seeing headlines of giant golfers being stolen again by Live Golf. What What is going on?
1: Yeah, I don't – I think that's a, a little bit of a mystery, to be honest with you. Like, from everything I've read now that, you know, they had this big surprise merger announcement in which Rory McIlroy got thrown directly under the-, under the bus <laughs> yes. after they trotted him out there to defend the PGA. Then they're like, ha-ha, just kidding. We're merging with LIV. Um so but it looks like they, their deadline passed to, like, come up with the details of this merger. But I guess they're still working on it. And you're seeing a lot of language, like a lot of people and big names like softening. I mean, John Rahm was I think he was the world number one. He might have just slipped to number three or something like that. But one of the top couple players in the world just defects Jack Nicklaus, who initially was create, I mean, Jack Nicklaus, one of the greatest golfers of all time, uh, he Initially was very critical of Liv, but then he kind of softened a little bit, saying, "I guess it's going to be here, so you know we'll see what happens." And you're seeing a lot of that tone, especially after the PGA just kind of realizing, like, "Well, we got to do something," but uh, because this isn't going away. I mean, they just have so much money; it it really is an incredible thing to watch. too. I, I looked up a couple numbers if you're interested in them? Yeah. So I'm like, how do you get John Rom? Like, could you imagine this happening in the NFL or the NBA where they're just like. Hey, we're starting the Jim's uh, Basketball League here. Uh, come on over. And, they, you know, it's like LeBron's like, well, I'm making 50 million a year. It's like, well, we'll pay you 500 million a year. All right. I'm in. Like, that's what's happening. And it's crazy. They're leaving the PGA Tour, which is this long-standing. So, I, you know, they, the report is that John Rom got a 300 million dollar deal. Um, that's insane. I don't know how many years it was for, but. uh, they have this player impact thing that the PGA created to try to compete with this. Rahm made 9 million in the PGA tour player impact deal that they came up with. He'd have to do that come in and he came in third. He'd have to do that for 30 years to equal what he just got just in his signing contract for, for lit. Like how do you compete with that? Like if you're John Rom, like do you say no to this? And I'll give you one more mm-hmm. Taylor Gooch. Okay. Random guy on the tour, obviously a good player. He's you know good at golf. He's making money in the pros. He made, and I want to get this right here, uh, in seven years on tour, he had 123 starts. He made $9 million. Good living. In the last 18 months on live, this doesn't count whatever he got for going over there. He made $46 million. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because he won the season-long points thing or something, and he got some massive bonus for it. This dude made 46 million in 18 months. And we should point out too, you
0: know, like the, with the ROM situation, that money's guaranteed. He doesn't have to win all the tournaments have to, to get win. it. He just has to show up right. and play. Uh, this is I mean, I hate to bring this up with Saudi Arabia, but this is sort of like a sports terrorist attack, right? Like yeah. one of the reasons why terrorism is so dangerous and so scary <laughs> in the real world is like the basic like uh, arrangement, right, between human beings is that, you know, you don't want to die, right? And so What's tough about terrorism is they'll they'll blow themselves up. They'll kill themselves to hurt other people. And it's so difficult to defend against that because they don't have that same concern about life. It's almost the same thing in a sports context with live golf. It's like no one's even watching these events. Like no. they're paying people all this money and no one's even paying attention to it. They're obviously losing millions and millions and millions <laughs> right, of dollars right. every week. And because they're Saudi Arabia, they don't care.
1: No, it's, a, it's a clearly a long-term play for them. And it's, look, it's hard to fault, you know, I don't know what the conversations are like behind closed doors, but look, the NBA is trying to get into the Chinese market. Like, does anyone sit here and kill the NBA for trying to do business in China or with China as it relates to yeah, the league? Get, they usually get praised for it. And LeBron they James would come out and cheer him it. on. And so, so I don't think you can be held liable for trying to do business with some a country like Saudi Arabia, because inevitably the reverse argument to that is, OK, well, you think they're horrible if we create this successful venture here. Well, now we have leverage with them. We 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 have all the players like they'll I'm sure they'll have some sort of players union or something like that. Uh, and so you'll have leverage with with them where you didn't have that before. So. Um, and it's just funded by them. It's not like they're sitting in there talking to Saudi sheiks every day, you know, Phil Mickelson hanging out with a bunch of sheiks, not that I know of. So I I don't know that you can kill the players for this. And it's like, yeah, what do you do in that situation? Like Stu, what if, I mean, what if the Saudi backed conservative talk show came and they offered you $500 million? I mean,
0: you know, the Sultan of whatever was, is a great guy. I just want to say that. And, uh, (laughs) If you're out there Shake uh, look, Fred or whatever your name is I, I shake, my 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 phone lines are open.
1: Yeah, Shake Fred. I mean, I'm a big <laughs> fan too. The the outfit and everything. Nobody wears it better than you. And nobody. look, I'm happy to Saudi Arabia is lovely this time of year with the sand and everything else. Yeah, yeah. So well,
0: the I, way the sand
1: hits the other sand, it's incredible. The other sand? Yeah, it's, it's, spectacular. it's really spectacular. It's spectacular.
0: Yeah, and, I, and, like, I don't I, – look, you, people do business – every company, you know, banks do business with banks in countries that you, you don't like. It's hard to, to micromanage that. But, like, looking at it from a perspective of just maintaining your league, maybe it's that golf is somewhat unique, right? Like, a lot of these players don't make millions and millions of dollars, so stealing them is is, is easy but like I don't know what the other the other example would be I mean it would be tough to steal the entire NBA but anyone (laughs) when you're talking about a nation state with all this oil money any league like this is vulnerable they can really mess up anything it's 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 a fascinating thing to be watching it really is um let me go one more uh uh, speaking of the NBA uh two things on the NBA number one um Nobody plays anymore. You know, I you know we're in a a fantasy league together. I I I can't get my guys to play even two thirds of their games. They're healthy. They're just constantly out for illnesses. Like every other day, I I, they I had last week was I had 32 games scheduled and I got 20 games. 12 of the 32 games, these guys either didn't show up, faked injuries. I'm convinced they're not even sick. Illness is everywhere in the NBA these days. I, I feel like because they put in rules so that people wouldn't skip games... They're now just finding ways to take days off by acting like they're injured. And that's just my opinion, of course. And then on the other side of this, um, when you watch the games, they're unwatchable because every play is reviewed, and they take 12 minutes to figure out what happened, and, it, and the entire flow of the game is lost. Come, complain it's, about the NBA for me for a couple of minutes.
1: It's horrible, and um, I, the, the only way you can watch it now is the way I do it, which is I record the games I'm a Celtics fan. I watch all the Celtics games. I record them, and I watch them after they're done. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't even attempt to watch it during the game because it's unwatchable. I mean, the Celtics played the Pacers the other night, and, and then not only is it like them taking an hour to review these plays, then they don't even get it right. I mean, Jalen Brown got hit on the head on a game-winning shot, and on the replay, you can clearly see it. They called it a foul in real time. They review it for 72 minutes or whatever, and they're like, uh, no, in incidental contact, like, like what? I mean, his head does like the JFK assassination <laughs> shot, like going like this. It's like, uh, is that incidental? I'm sure Jalen Brown's head didn't think it was incidental. <laughs> wow. So Dan. it's uh, it's I, insufferable. But um, yeah, mm. so that's taking a long time. And yeah, it would be nice if you make, I don't know, a million dollars a game or whatever these guys are making. It'd be nice if you could show up and play. I will tell you Stu, one positive NBA story real quick here. Mm. Uh, a parenting win for me, my eight-year-old son asked me the other day, he said, hey, Dad, he's like, can we watch some Lakers highlights? And I was like, Lakers? We're Celtics fans, man. We don't like the Lakers. He's like, no, no, no. I want to watch them so we can watch LeBron lose. <laughs> oh, what a good day. <laughs> and I was just are. like, my heart just <laughs> melted. It just melted.
0: Oh, uh, That's impressive. And I, but I will say, uh, on the other hand, Dan, uh, too soon on the JFK. Uh, our too soon? In, our country's in mourning. It's been 60 years. Um, <laughs> Dan Andrews, Managing Editor at CBN News. Be sure to check him out. CBN's Quick Start Podcast. So you can head over there. It does not – I mean, you talk about other things other than sports. But we had the opportunity. It's coming towards the end of the week. Why not? Uh, Dan, thanks Why so much not? for coming on the program. All right. Thanks, Dave. Big day yesterday in the world of Bitcoin. Uh, the ETF was approved. BTA, uh, Bitcoin ETFs began trading on U.S. exchanges. If you haven't followed this that closely, there's one reason why it is important for you, even if you don't care about cryptocurrency. You know, of course, Bitcoin is something that pushes back against inflation. That's important for the economy. And they try to get this through basically so that institutional money could be fl- could flow into the Bitcoin world. The way these things work, basically, these companies that start the exchange-traded funds have to Buy actual Bitcoin and hold it. Um, so this could affect the market. And the question really was: Is it priced in already? Is this all, and it's gone up? You know, Bitcoin's gone up a lot over the past year, over hundred percent. So it, you know, is it already priced in? I mean, look, first day one, it kind of seems like it has been. It's kind of been around flat uh, for. It sp- popped up to about forty-nine thousand, then came back down to about forty-six thousand. But the real reason why it should be important to you is, no matter if you care or not about Bitcoin. Elizabeth Warren hates this and it means her day has been ruined and any day that Elizabeth Warren's uh, has that has been ruined is a good day and I think we should all come together and recognize that US oil lobby is launching an eight figure ad blitz amid uh, record fossil fuel extraction but interesting you actually see some uh, ads being run that show that oil maybe isn't killing everybody. Maybe pointing out the fact that our entire civilization that is modern is based on the fact that oil exists and has been able to provide cheap, reliable electricity for a very long time, not to mention power for so many other things, not to mention plastics and all these other things that make your life livable. Um, So long, there was this weird thing that these big oil companies would do is they would do 60 second commercials where they would basically say, we're really trying to stop doing using oil. We swear we're building. Look at this one solar panel we built last year. Isn't it pretty? And they would do this weird thing where they were constantly talking about alternative fuels and everything else. Talk about your product. McDonald's isn't like, well, you know what? In 16 years, we're going to give you a good salad. They're talking about their friggin' Big Mac. Stop apologizing for what you do, especially when what you do is make modern life worth living you know, outside. There's other things outside of the creature comforts of of humanity. But man, it does make it a lot better. Go back and ask people in the 1700s. They're like, you know what, I really uh, I I think I would try. I would like to just stay really, really cold all the time. And I would like to not get anywhere quickly. I would like the farthest I ever uh, travel from my home to be two miles. And that's what I want. Look, There are problems in the world, of course. You know, oil companies aren't exempt from their issues, but generally speaking, they've been an incredible blessing for humanity. And I don't know, somebody should point that out occasionally. Now, the Chamber of Commerce is trying to change your mind on the economy. They are calling for a more optimistic message on the economy. They are saying there is, uh, of course, uh, they're doing a full-throated defense defense of free enterprise, launching a counteroffensive against a constant loop of pessimism from business and politics. That is undermining faith in the country's outlook. There's this weird idea that like if they could just convince you a little more that the economy was good, you'd believe it was good. Like it's not like you're just reacting to things that are actually happening to you. Like when you go to buy a carton of eggs and it's like two dollars one day and eight dollars the next. It's that's that's nothing to do with the economy. The economy is great. Look at all these charts and figures now. Sometimes, I will say, as a guy who likes charts and figures, sometimes this is true. I mean, we've seen this in presidential cycles before, particularly ones where Republicans are president, where the media apparatus goes to work to try to make the economy look bad up until the presidential election. And then, of course, if a Democrat wins, all of a sudden, it's wonderful. Um, Of course, that's part of it. Some people are moved by the pressures uh, of of this. But this sort of shows you where the economy really is, right? The, the media has been trying to give you this message that the Chamber of Commerce now wants to bring you, that you don't understand, you're, you're actually doing great. Don't worry about it. You know all those things you're complaining about? You're wrong on them. Everything's great, everything's wonderful. Look at the inflation rate, it's coming down, even though it's off of really high prices from before. So and in reality, it's not coming down, they're just going up slower. But they try to give you this really optimistic picture of where the economy is and where it's going. And people just aren't buying it. Now, look, the media has tried to jump on this bandwagon the entire time. They don't want Joe Biden to lose. They're not, they haven't all of a sudden switched to pro-Donald Trump people. They're trying to give a positive message on the economy. People aren't buying it because for them it is not true. And that's a little bit of a hole in the plan. And if there's ever been uh, something to express how terrible this Biden economy is, think about all the things that you've lost think about the terrible things that have occurred during this economic downturn and and let me give you the ultimate example it's sad and it's true fruit stripe gum will be discontinued this is a travesty it's a sham it's a mockery it's a travesty mockery it is I, I, I don't know. I mean, I would go out and buy all the fruit stripe gum I could find. The problem is, it gets turns into cardboard in about eight seconds once they make it, and the flavor lasts even shorter than that. But that first burst of flavor is so freaking delicious. I don't know how they do it. It's an incredible product. Like it is, it's like I what I would imagine it's like to be addicted to heroin because it probably feels really good for like a little while, and then you want more heroin. And that's what fruit stripe is like. You know, you have it, it tastes delicious for like five seconds, then it goes without flavor and you need to pull out another piece. So I don't know, if you can't make money off fruit stripe gum, uh, the economy, I mean, everything's failed. We're on the downturn. I think the country's gonna dissolve at any moment. I, uh, I mean, this should be the lead commercial from Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley. Joe Biden oversaw an economy that sucked fruit stripe gum out of your stores. Is that the kind of America you want to live in? Because it's not the one I want to live in. Blaze TV is debuting uh, the second episode of their docuseries, Blaze Originals, where our own Glenn Beck travels Uh, to Liberty County, Texas. Now, I know, it's a long way. We already live in Texas, but he went there anyway to give you the real story of Colony Ridge. Now, the left and the right have both kind of been talking about vastly conflicting reports on Colony Ridge. It's this big development in Texas, kind of near Houston. And Blaze TV uh, couldn't have traveled there to do all of this and give you the real story with a real documentary without your support. This documentary is the only uh, really the beginning of our Blaze original series. I think there was one also on Hawaii and what happened with the Maui fires. Uh, we're going to be rolling these out as the year goes on. There's a lot to come, and a lot of it's you're going to really be into this stuff, I think. Uh, if you aren't already a subscriber of Blaze TV, help support these efforts and get a lot of great programming uh, every single day. Subscribe for 30 bucks off an annual subscription by going to Blaze originals.com use the code colony ridge to save colony ridge poses an enormous threat to the future of our country and again we could not have made this documentary without you so if you want to see this episode and future installments help support the work we're doing by visiting blazeoriginals.com blazeoriginals.com subscribe using the code colony ridge and save yourself 30 bucks off your annual subscription to blaze tv Update on a bill we talked to you about earlier this week. California is going to ban contact football for minors. This is for kids 12 and under. They say it's too dangerous. Obviously, they're talking about, you know, they're basically quoting the Will Smith movie, because that's science. Um, But uh, they're talking about the concussions and the potential head problems. Now, of course, you know, especially with kids, where you see more really devastating um, injuries that can cause death is baseball. Uh, Hockey as well. I mean, when you, it's the commodio cordis uh, thing where if you get, you know, a baseball hits a kid in the chest uh, right at the right time of that heart uh, um, beating, the heart rhythm, it can stop the heart and it can be terrible. This is why, like, if you've ever, if you have kids that are really young in Little League, they now have, you know, uh, they wear like a catcher's outfit while they're uh, pitching at the mound um, because, uh, you know, this has happened to too many kids. But again, like, you know, You should be able to make your own choices. Look, flag football exists. My kid plays flag football. He loves it. Um, If you're really worried about this, have them play flag football. Um, Why are we banning things like this? I guess it's because it's California, and California does everything uh, backwards. So anyway, uh, a lot of kids might not be able to play tackle football. Going to hurt recruiting for some uh, California universities, I would suppose, in the long run, but they've protected the children, and if it saves just one kid, then of course it's worth it. You know, this fruit stripe gum story going away, it reminds me, once again, biodynamics striking back. There it is. You can get the mug at stewdoesmerch.com, stewdoesmerch.com. Use the code, Stu10, I think, for 10% off, but it's Biodonomics strikes back so much more. The best conservative merch at stewdoesmerch.com.